0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to Akashic Records channeler, energy healer, and meditation and yoga teacher from Bali, Ashley Veasley Are you questioning making a change? Feel like you should be doing more? Are you questioning your purpose, your career, your relationships, you've hit the jackpot today because you get to hear beautiful Ashley, the energetic healer and channeler who set you on course to accomplish your higher goals. Ashley holds a powerful space of unconditional love and compassion for you sensitive souls needing higher insight, looking to release your wounds that keep you from breaking through to your most empowered self. Listen as Ashley gives you tools to live your soul purpose, heal your relationships, and so much more. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Ashley Beasley.
1: Ooh. Yeah. yeah thank you so much lauren it's so yeah. nice to be here what a beautiful warm welcome thank you feeling yeah. the love thank you
0: yeah it's so good to see you again i know ashley from bali i'm so lucky i know her from a couple of trips there so she's a best yoga instructor for individuals groups whatever you're called to and now i've also done akashic records reading with her so i'm just so excited to see you so first welcome back to the states why did you come back from bali where you just called was it time thank
1: you so much for those questions and that warm love. Yeah. So I was in Bali for six years and I was in Thailand for three years before that. And last June, I just felt an urge to be here with my family. My sister was having a baby. Um, I hadn't seen my family in three years. It was a really long time to be away. So I came back with a return ticket to Bali. But once I got here, I started realizing that this is really where I was meant to be to grow into the next level of my expansion and the different areas of life that I needed to grow in. So I could see like going back to Bali would have been not as helpful for my growth. And I'm all about that. So I'm here. I'm in Austin now.
0: Yeah, I got goosebumps while you were talking. So I, I just love that. Okay, so first for people listening, what is an energy healer? We'll, we'll start there and then you can talk about what it is that you do.
1: Okay. Very interesting question. Very cool question. So energy healing, I've never been asked this question. An energy healer is someone who, in my opinion, is just holding a space of unconditional love for universal consciousness, the energy and universal consciousness, which is love to help the person and support the person release what they need to release repair what they need to repair inside of their body so it would be like physical pain or emotional pain or energy that is stuck or blocked and oftentimes we we do experience that in the body as physical pain or emotional pain or we'll experience as as like a repeating pattern or a thought that we do that is not useful or helpful like to us or for us so we just unearth that and uh, we discover what is ready to be released
0: Okay. So I've been talking to on the podcast, so many different healers and so on. And I've learned about breath work and how important my breath is and and not holding it even at different situations and, and making sure I'm doing deep breathing. I would think that would make a difference too, like in all of this with your yeah. energy work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As everything is energy anything that we can do to move that energy is going to be helpful, and it happens on many different levels. You could, uh, you know, move your body physically if you need to move energy, but also on more subtle levels, the breath is helping to move and release, and everything is reflected in our biology and our chemistry, and also on wavelengths that we can't necessarily see with our eyes, things are also happening in that realm. And we experience that as like feeling in other realms. For example, like for those of those people who are like clairvoyant, they can experience that happening, you know, by sight, for example, by inner vision, it's not happening outside of them, but they can see what's happening or with like a, symbols. The six, and Like vision. the sixth sense. Like the, like six the sense. sixth sense, exactly. Or like other, in other ways, like, uh, like you can hear things, in your inner ear, or you can just have automatic knowings, uh, clear cognizance of like downloads, etc. So it can happen on many different levels.
0: So for people listening, how do they tap into that if they're blocked?
1: Okay. So- this is, is that very not, is
0: that not an easy question i'm trying to yeah I
1: mean, yeah i know so there's what... chakra
0: clearing I you can clear your own chakras there's there's energy movement there's so many different mm-hmm. modalities Are you...
1: yeah exactly so... so do you do you mean like maybe do you mean like how how do i do it or how does one tap into well energy that they need to have uh, removed or released
0: i mean how does somebody who's stuck help themselves somebody's listening and they're like, I want, I'm having all these problems and they want to make a change. They are stuck. They want to make a leap and they're afraid.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. What would you tell
0: somebody like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think first of all, what happens when we realize that we're stuck is that it happens to us either on the outside or the inside. So it will be reflected to us on the outside by like difficult challenges or repeating challenges. And it can also happen on the inside in the form of like difficult emotions or frustrations when we're feeling tense or stressed out or restricted, you know, just some like difficult emotional challenges. So all of these things are just signs For us to notice that there is an incongruence between where we want to be and where we are. And so I want to say that again. So it just means that there's just an incongruence in where we want to be and where we are. So that doesn't mean that where we are is bad. And it also doesn't mean that what's happening around us outside or inside is bad. It means actually nothing other than we have come into awareness that we are no longer in alignment with what is happening in our current reality. So that's probably the number one thing to do. So
0: when we feel uh, this isn't right, I need to make a
1: change and I'm not sure yet. That's an awareness. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So awareness is the number one key. And then beyond that, I would say Becoming aware of your emotions and what emotions are actually coming up, what you feel about that, like what are your feelings about what is going on is very important. That's why our emotions are so important. We need to be in touch with our inner world. We we have to be in touch with our emotions because this is what is giving us basically the signposts on the roadmap of our own life and how to evolve and how to change. So I would say journaling is the next step realizing what it is you're upset about or what it is that you'd like to change and why you're upset or why you'd like to change. So this is a very important step in like coming into your own alignment and you don't need a healer to do that. You can do that on your own. Yeah.
0: I loved, I loved your new year's email. Everybody was like, you know what? Why don't you talk about that? It's like, everybody's pretending to be so happy at new year's, but really I saw a great I don't know if it was a poster. it's like, I don't know what I'm wearing into the living room. I'm not even sure if I'm going to make it into the living room this new Year's. How about you? You wrote a great email about, it. go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's like the, the spot on. You know, we, we have to be extremely honest about what's going on. And when things seem not right to call it out, definitely call it out. And I think the email that I wrote was just just simply like, realizing that we had passed over the new years and there's always such a hoopla about New Year's, like it's supposed to be some big thing. But actually, the only you know thing that has changed is the day there isn't there aren't any like major astrological alignments happening that day or anything, unless it's your birthday, it's really not a big day for anybody else. So there's no actual reason for us to feel different or changed or anything on New Year's Day. So I was just highlighting that, you know, just calling bullshit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then her email also said in other countries, this is what's celebrated. Actually, a lot of countries don't celebrate the turn of the clock, you know, this new year. So Mm. tell me, when you left the States to go, were you going through a hard
1: time? What was it that had you leave? Oh, originally in the States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I come from a pretty You know, normal background. I grew up in Texas and Houston and the suburbs. You know, I went to college in Texas and then I I went to L.A. and I was in the film business in L.A. for about nine years. So I had a very like normal L.A. life. At the end of that cycle, I call it a cycle now because I can see it hindsight's twenty twenty. But at the time, I had just realized that everything that I had built up in my life to support me was no longer supporting me and my joy. For example, my relationship was no longer supporting me. I had a fiance and I realized uh, one night sitting across the table from him that I couldn't do this for the rest of my life. Like this was not, I, I was, my heart was yearning to sing and to explore. And I just knew in my heart that this was not, this relationship was not going to support me in that. So, you know, I had to break off my relationship. And then I was no longer happy in the film industry. The film industry was not feeding my soul. Who could think of a thought like that? Oh my gosh, the film industry not being soul sucking instead of, you know, soul feeding. But it stirred me for a while, but it didn't anymore. I went through about a year of, I would call it a, a, a like a cycle of depression where I was really trying to find the answers for me. I wanted to follow my heart and have a vocation or a career that really served me in my life purpose. I knew it wasn't film, but I didn't know what it was. And I couldn't see myself doing anything and being very successful at anything else because I hadn't done anything else. You know, that wasn't in my my framework at the time. I also felt like, oh, wouldn't it be great to be a yoga teacher or something? But I didn't believe that a you know uh, a reality like that existed for me. Maybe it did for other people, but not for me. So I had all of these blocks. And during this year in LA, I did a few different things. I actually discovered the Akashic Records for the first time during that year and had several readings with who is now my... Akashic Records teacher, Brenda Pell, and I'm so grateful for her. She's actually in Southern California. And... You know, over the course of this year, I realized, and through the Akashic Records readings, I was able to kind of tie up all of my loose ends with all of my relationships and discover that my purpose was in stepping forward into my heart's desire and risking everything, going into the unknown and just taking that first big leap. So I sold all of my things. I gathered up all of the money that I had saved and I went to Thailand, I went to Southeast Asia. And I had no idea what I was going to do after that, but I ended up booking a couple of trainings. I did a yoga teacher training. One thing after led to another, and I I ended up being a yoga teacher and meditation teacher trainer and retreat leader in Thailand, and then eventually Bali. So it kind of like led to the next nine year cycle of my life. So I had to literally close down an entire chapter, step into the unknown, the readings with the Akashic records and... Ayahuasca and my experiences that year, uh, meditation really helped me to get the courage to do that. So now I feel like I'm on my soul path where back then I didn't. I was just looking yeah. for it.
0: Yeah. I I love people that take the leap. I just love that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And I think we're we're all taking huge leaps right now. I mean, this mm-hmm. is these last two years have pushed us all to take bigger leaps than we ever have before. And you know, I, I can tell that story of how I, that happened for me, but it's going to happen differently for everyone. And it continues to happen at these cruxes in our life, you know, over and over again, we're being asked to step further and further into our uncomfortable zone and <laughs> in, into the unknown and take these risks so that we can all lift up humanity. Because if we don't take the risks, we don't grow. And I think that's one thing that had become very, very clear to all of us is that we, you know, if we are too comfortable in our, you know, surroundings and in our bubble, then we don't grow, which is one of the reasons I left Bali, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You know, come to that next nine-year cycle for me, that was my next big move. So, Yeah, yeah. I I just, I think that's so great.
0: And then you've got on your website about that you help people stop listening and stop doing those self-sabotaging patterns so that they can connect to their divine purpose and move forward easier. I thought that was so beautiful. So how do you help people stop self-sabotaging? Because everyone wants to know how to like do that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's something very special about going into the Akashic Records. I don't think we've actually talked about what okay, that yeah. is. So, and okay, yeah. so why you first define, define what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's very hard to describe or define because we're talking on such a subtle level and on such a grand scale, but we're really talking about the quantum field for those of you who understand the listeners who understand what the quantum field is. And it's just like, a it's a deep spiritual place. We can say a deep spiritual place or a very like, let's say high spiritual place where it's the field of ideas. When we access the Akashic Records, we're accessing that deep spiritual place in you that has access to the past, the present, and the future, all the information and the knowledge and the love that your soul is actually made up of and has the journey that your soul has gone through over time. So when we access this place, it is a feeling of expansiveness and a feeling of pure, unconditional love, which in that space makes it very easy for what is not loving to be revealed. So when you shine a light on something, The dark places are no longer dark, right? The light has been shined on them. So they are coming into the light. So in relation to your question, I think that people, we all tend to guard the most vulnerable parts of ourselves very carefully, obviously, because we are protecting that which is vulnerable. And all of us have vulnerable parts of ourselves that didn't quite get the love and attention that they needed. And so there are parts of ourselves that stay locked in that sort of age or era, if we're talking about things like traumatic things that happened to us as a child, and we don't even realize it anymore because they're things that we've guarded for so long. We've grown up growing into this personality that we call ourselves, but actually there are these parts of ourselves that we never actually acknowledged and nurtured, got to know more or you know, let out in a way or let grow up in a way, because we've held them so close to us and guard- and protected them for so long. So in the field of this unconditional love or the Akashic Records, those parts of my clients, for example, or if you're going into the Akashic Records on your own, they get revealed very, very gently and very easily. In that space, we can sort of help them to get what they need in order for that part of them to be integrated into their now adult selves. So that's one way of looking at it.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a good, simple explanation.
1: Oh, Um, thank you. I'm glad it was simple. (laughs) I I don't know whether what I'm explaining is simple or not. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I, I, I thought that was great. And your website does a good job also of keeping it fairly simple. And how did you end up getting into this practice?
1: Yeah. First of all, I, I want to actually, I want to say that the Akashic Records is something that is a God-given right to all of us. So I'm not special. I've trained in the way that I'm, that I this is my, soul, this is one of my sole purposes is to be able to, to, to do this for other people. But I actually, it was, it was actually at the start of the pandemic. I got an email in my inbox. My teacher, Bryn Pell was actually doing uh, programs on how to access the Akashic records. And I had, I mean, I had no idea before then that the Akashic records could actually be accessed by just anyone, you know? Like, it's not something you, you think of, you think of like, when you hear of like psychics and like energy healers and all that, you just think like, oh, they were just born that way, but actually no, there's a process that you can learn to be able to, to access this. So I say like in myself, I had years and years of lots and lots of meditation where I was, I was basically a professional meditator and teaching others how to do it too. So I had a lot of training in navigating through different levels of consciousness and subtle, subtle fields of energy. But at that point in my life, I was actually asking for what's the next step for me? And how can I help people in a, in a deeper way? I wanted to help people more relationally. I'm a very relational person in my yoga and meditation career. It had taken me to a certain point in my life, but I, I wanted to go deeper and expand and to be able to help people on another level. So when I got that email, it was like an answer to my prayers and i signed up right away for the first level program if anybody wants to check her out her, her name is Brenda Powell she's an amazing person right from the first you know five minutes of this training i was plugged in to A sort of, I was just plugged into a stronger force field of source connection than I had ever felt before in that quick of a a time period. And I just knew like, this was the path for me. I was ready for it. And so beyond that, I continued training for over a year with the same teacher going deeper and I started working with people on that level as well. So yeah, I'll just stop there. Yeah. yeah.
0: And your meditations, I love your meditations. So yeah. oh beautiful. I've done, I've done meditation with you. I mean it's been long
1: Yeah, long thank years, you, so, yeah, much. I love thank your you meditations. so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh thank you. Yeah, you know, meditation is really the first, I would say, uh, you know, other than just awareness, awareness of how you're feeling and what's going on with that. Meditation is the is the next step to really being able to, you know, access your own Akashic records in a in a clear way because you you can kind of filter out the noise. And I want to say like any time that that we are deeply listening to our intuition, that is us listening to and plugging into the field of the Akashic records.
0: You're very easy to listen to.
1: And- thank you. So are you still teaching yoga? You know, I'm not at the moment. I've no, I'm I'm just doing coaching right now actually. I'm doing coaching with the Akashic records. Yes. So we're doing a, a like a blend uh, we'll do an Akashic record session, and then we'll do a couple sessions of coaching to help implement and integrate this into that's the great. real world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Wonderful. yeah. <laughs> because sometimes it can be very lofty and it can be very profound and there's all this stuff happening and information. So in the, in the sessions that I do with people, there's a, a lot of information coming through about, you know, where they are and where they want to go and their intentions and what they need help with. It's like a conversation that they're having with their higher self. And I'm just channeling that information through, but at the same time, there are parts of the sessions where we go into energy work, if that's needed or emotional healing, if that's needed as well. I'm just following the direction of, you know, their, their guides or their higher self and doing that. And then in subsequent sessions, we're actually talking in more of like a practical coaching manner, like a life coaching manner. And we're learning how to, you know, implement these things in their life and the real day to day. That's I I love that. What's the hardest challenge that
0: you've overcome? And how did you do it?
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't have to think about that. Like, it's like a, It's like a timeline of things that happen and yeah, it takes time to get over that. I think one of the most, one of the biggest challenges of my life, and I'll talk about my dad actually, has been with my, with my father and my relationship with, with my dad and the sort of journey of that over time that I think is actually still like still unfolding yeah. I'm not sure what, what you'd like me to say about that exactly, but maybe what do you feel to ask about that?
0: Well, it's more, how do
1: you get through it? What your tools are? Any message you mm. want to give? Yeah. Yeah. I think with me and everybody's different with like the major challenges that they have in their life. Right. Yeah. I'm so blessed that I, you know, I haven't had a lot of death in my life. I haven't, you know, I've never even broken a bone, like body, body challenges and health challenges haven't been a part of my life, but emotional challenges have. And certainly my relationship with my father has been a real, a big one for me. I think over time, it's been kind of this cycle where I emotionally have been forgiving. It's not like I, I hate you. I love you. It's not like in that sort of like teenager realm, but it's more in like this, this feeling of like non-acceptance or not being accepted or not being understood and wanting my father to father me in a certain way, but him not fathering me in that way. It's been kind of this back and forth over time of me feeling like we had a certain connection that in my mind, in my heart, I accepted. That was an acceptable relationship. But then at times when he would kind of go against that, or not act the way that I wanted him to act, and and he is his own person, he's on his own path, I would feel betrayed by that deeply. So I think my process with that is realizing, to realize that how he has been acting with me and behaving towards me as a father has actually been helping me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that has been so hard for me yeah, to realize gives us our tools, <laughs> but it's this other level of experience of understanding it and having that aha. And I'm not saying I have actually gotten there yet, but I'm getting there. I'm having, you know, different levels of love and compassion and seeing him as his God self, you know, instead of like this sort of character, this villainous character in my life or whatever it is, you right, know, who doesn't give you what you want. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah. And I think what, what it comes down to is finding deeper and deeper levels of love in your heart. Like how can we open up to love? How can we fully open up to love, give and receive love on like deeper and deeper levels? And that is, I think that is the crux of every relationship
0: challenge that we have. Oh, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Do you have spiritual practices that you do on a daily basis? Oh, gosh, I have,
1: I actually have elaborate and (laughs) elaborate practices. And I find that I'm, I'm integrating more different and more, more and different tools into my daily practices as I, as I need it. The main thing for me is is meditation for sure. I got to get my breath work and meditation in or my pranayama and meditation for sure. And I have a certain period of time and a certain depth level that I try to reach every day. But if I have time, it's not always permissible. But I'm a body person. And in addition to the meditation, I really need a lot of movement in my daily practice. I think that's the same for a lot of empaths. A lot of people who are empathic, they just need to move their body and move that energy. They need to breathe, they need to sweat, they need to dance. So I, I have to get that in. I have recently... I have recently started to do some very, very powerful affirmations. And I'm going to actually plug this for Paul Selig. I don't know if there is anybody out there who knows who Paul Selig is, but I he's been around for a long time. He he his main his first book is called I Am the Word. Sorry, I am Word or I Am The Word. I can't remember. But Paul Selig is a channel and he's a very clear channel. Uh, when I say channel, he goes into a different conscious space. I mean, it's not in like the normal, I'm doing my taxes mindset, but it's a totally different sort of meditative state. And he's able to connect with another state of consciousness where there is information flowing freely. And it's not coming from him thinking or efforting at all. It's just flowing. And the information that's coming is from a higher consciousness state. So it's, it's for everybody's benefit to know. And so he's a channeler and he's channeled like several books, one after the other. And the first one is called, I am the word, or I am word. And in this book, It took him about two weeks to channel this entire book completely. And it was channeled coming out of his mouth, meaning it was dictated out of his mouth. And just uh, completely, that's how the book is. There was no editing needed. In fact, the guides or his guides said, don't edit this at all. Uh, We want you to say exactly what we're saying. And he spoke, the words that he spoke out of his mouth are exactly the words that are on the page. So it's a remarkable accomplishment to do that in two weeks and to not have it edited. But in this book, he has all of these affirmations that actually bring you into the energetic resonance very quickly of the I am. The I am. So I highly recommend it for all uh, all of you out there. And then he has su- he has subsequent books after that. I'm also on on I'm on the next book after that as well. And I'm using some of these affirmations that I'm finding very very powerful. So I would recommend that for people out there. I I am word and like putting certain intentions out there and intending and, and knowing that you are the word that what you say does actually happen and that you are as powerful as anything outside of you. In fact, you are more powerful.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love affirmations. Yeah. Do you have a message of hope you want to give? Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I think that it's very, very important for us all to keep in mind that when we feel darkness out there in the world, or we feel it inside of us, that it's actually working for the light. This idea that this idea that there is a battle between darkness and light, or that darkness is bad, and that we're all going through this dark period and it's never going to change, um, or that it's only going to get worse. I think that the best thing to just feel inside of your heart and know is that it's all about perspective. Even in our darkest hour, our darkest hours have have always brought us to our brightest light in our lives, and I know everyone has experiences in their lives out there they can resonate with. So I want to say like any hardships or challenges that you're experiencing in your life or what you feel out there in the collective as well, what's going on in the world. I believe in my heart of hearts that this is all a gift for us. It's the gift of like, we're going through those hard knocks right now, but guess what? We're all going through it together. And that we can all like bond together in this and create real change. It's like that, it's like that idea of whatever is challenging outside or inside is a sign that's showing us where we want to be compared to where we are. So this is all our time to come into alignment with exactly where we want to be and where we want to go in life and become that and be that. So I'm so happy for all of us that we're in this together. Thank
0: you. Yeah, I like that. And it's like this is all just a flip on the screen of our whole extended life. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for being a guest today on Fifty
1: to Hope. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure and an honor. I think what you're doing is so beautiful, and I'm so happy for everyone to be uh, a part of this. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll have all of
0: Ashley's information on the show notes on the website. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lauren. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Ashley's messages of unconditional love, healing, and compassion. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week with another amazing episode with psychotherapist and personal development coach, Anna Marcolin. Anna knows the depths of no confidence, shame, and loneliness, but she's done the work, come into her own, and now helps you do the work on your inner badass self too. She lets you know how you can keep going no matter what you're going through and do so with grace and courage. You're gonna love Anna, I love her. And we bonded over football and I just love two girls just chatting it up about football, but don't worry, we do not discuss football at all on the episode. So that's next week, you will love this. She's super successful psychotherapist and yeah, you're just gonna love this episode. Anyway, be sure to join the Facebook group at 52 Weeks of Hope if you're not already in there. We have all kinds of modalities that are in there, breath work, chakra clearing, there's female sexual health experts in there. We just, and Cheryl Cheryl is in there talking about what foods to eat depending on what time of year it is, how to cure your dry skin, nails, hair being brittle or anything like that. And just there's all kinds of, and we talk to each other and you can, you can let me know what's working, what isn't, who you'd like to hear. And I'd love to hear it. I love hearing from you. It's just, there's just a plethora of information and I just love it. So that's it. 52 weeks of hope if you're not already in the Facebook group, love to have you in there. Let us know who you are. Let me know. I I love that. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell two of your friends. Text them right now. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.